Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Our culture constantly offers us different ways to be happy, but it typically fails to offer us the one way that's made people happy for thousands of years. What is this method? And how can we get better at becoming happier? On today's episode, we look at the topic of virtue, the ancient art of becoming happy. We'll share what virtue is, the different types of virtues, and how to grow deeper in virtue. Along the way, we'll also share a cool hack about how to get last rights in an emergency situation. Get excited. Season five is about to start. Welcome to season five. Woot. We are a whole hand old. Wow. In season life. Never thought of it like that. Yeah. It's probably because we have a five-year-old and that's the way she talks. Yep. A whole hand. hand. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. We're so excited to be entering into season five. That's right. Coming back from our end of the season break from season four. And usually we spend this time to improve the podcast (laughs) and announce new things we're doing. And here's the new thing we're doing this time. Are you ready? We're going to actually podcast consistently. You told me we're going to podcast and I was like, but what about all the new things we're going to do for season five? And you're like, podcasting is the new thing we're going (laughs) to do for season five. That's the victory. It's been a crazy, crazy year. Yep. I feel like we are finally getting out of the woods we are yeah and it's time to podcast podcast is a good sign of health for us it is and i'm excited to be getting back into some more routines there is one change that's going to happen though mm. typically in the past our episodes have gone up on mondays and now they're going to go up on tuesday wow big changes Huge. Huge changes. That's just for editing purposes. That way I have a little more time on Monday to edit and not feel like I have to do it at midnight so it can go up Monday morning, midnight on Sunday. So anyways, that's what we're doing. So to start off this season, we thought we would do a listener suggestion. So between seasons three and four, we sent out a survey and you all were fantastic with responding and Mm -hmm. giving ideas. And we have this whole list of all these episodes, and this one comes from that list, and it is How to Virtue. We're talking about virtue. We're talking about virtue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with virtue, virtue is one of those things that can be really like highly academic virtue. Is that how you would talk if you were a professor? If I were a professor, this is how I would talk. Or virtue can be really um, applicable to your life and like blow your mind and help you live a really great, solid Catholic life. And we are going for option number two tonight. Oh, dang it. I was going to do one. Really? Nope. Oh, I okay. wasn't. Because we have this whole outline. <laughs> yeah. And I think we were taught virtue in a way that really applied to our lives and really impact us, impacted totally. us in a really huge way. And that's when I get on this topic, I'm like, oh, I want to do it that way. Because when you get into virtue, you can like talk about a lot of definitions. And we'll talk about some of those definitions want to bring it to life, want you to really step in. And even if you have a, a good understanding of virtue, help you apply it in a different way. Maybe you've never really studied 
virtue before. Maybe even know that you could study virtue. You're just like, virtue, that means you're just like a good person or do good things. But there's a whole... Or maybe you're like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Like, dare I say, there's a whole science behind it. There's a whole like thousands of years of thought behind how do I live a great life? And virtue is like the key that unlocks living a great life. And this is not only in the Catholic Church, but even before Christianity with Aristotle and Plato and really understanding like, how do I perfect this whole thing called life and do this well? And that's like where the science comes in. But it's not it's not going to be academic. It's going to... It's almost like the study of happiness or how to be happy. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Virtue is what leads to your happiness. Yeah, which is a very foreign thought in our society today. So I think um, that's where... It, I think it'll be be awesome to study. Yeah. So let's let's kind of define mm. it. Let's talk about the Catholic definition. Good. So virtue is a firm a virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. So the good, right? Like doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it's habitual, meaning you do it in a habit. So think of any habit you do. Mm-hmm. You just you almost do it without thinking, right? Right. Like there's a certain point where you make a decision, but you get so good at it. Just think of like any habit, like I grab coffee in the morning. I put my seatbelt on the car. Like these are all habitual things. But a virtue is is not just putting on your seatbelt or drinking coffee, but it's really going after what's good. It's a firm disposition to accomplish what's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key to it. It's sometimes we simplify it down to a good habit, but we have to remember it's not just like having good habits, like, oh yeah, I eat vegetables. That's a good habit. No, but is it like, it's a disposition. Like that's the key is Mm -hmm. that it's something you do with ease. And I remember, do you remember when we took moral theology in college? I do. The example that. But I think we probably took the class at different points. We did. I don't think we took it together. No, but we had it from the same professor. That's correct. And he'd always give an example that really helped people understand. It kind of got them out of their the old way of thinking about virtue and understanding really the Catholic version of what virtue was. This idea that if there's a $20 bill on the ground and let's say there's two different people and the first person picks up the $20 bill and they really wrestle with it. They're like, should I return it? Like, you know, at a workplace, like, should I give it to the front desk, to the secretary to tell someone, like, someone dropped $20, should I keep it? And they really wrestle with it. That's the first person. Or the second person picks up the $20 and they're like, oh, this isn't mine. I'm sure someone lost it. Like, I'll send out an email to the whole office and say, hey, I found $20. Did you drop it? Right? Like, which person has more virtue? Do you want me to answer that? Because I already know the answer. So or the answer wanna, is... Wait, should we give a long pause for our listeners? I wanted them to think. to think. Yep. Okay. The answer is the second person. Right. Because they were able to do the action almost without thinking. They're just like, oh, I've got it. And that's a really key with virtue is while the first person's admirable, I'm so glad that they did the right thing despite the struggle, really virtue is doing it in a habitual way without thinking. It's, it, it, it's actually, and to describe it further, you do it with ease um, and something that comes natural to you. And um, that's really what I want to shoot for with virtue. Even if we get to those points where we decide, okay, I'm not going to gossip, right? Like, I'm not going to say those those things. I'm going to hold my tongue. I'm not going to speak about this other person. Do, you, do we get to a point where it's actually easy to do, or is it the struggle? The virtuous person gets to a point where it's just 
easy. It's easy to be honest. It's easy to do what's right. It's easy to be kind. It's easy to be generous. And they're almost not even thinking about it because it's just their natural disposition. Mm-hmm. It's like it's ingrained in their their nature almost. Yeah. Nurture nature. Oh gosh. So it's this, it's this high ideal, but imagine who who's happier in that situation. Again, if we're going after happiness and applying it, like the happy person just sends out the email and doesn't think about it. And they're just free to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. The less happy person's the one who had to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge part of virtue is it brings about freedom, like true yeah, freedom. Totally. Right. And that doesn't mean like we're all on the journey. We're all going to struggle. But the goal and the, the, the way we become happy is we get that freedom to just be like, yeah, I don't need this 20 bucks. Like it's not a struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't need to talk about those people. That's no big deal. Like that's where we want to be. That's mm-hmm. what's that. Like you said, Freedom, and that's going to equal happiness. Yeah, freedom to do the right thing at the right time and in the right way. Mm. Won't say that again. Freedom to do the right thing yep. at the right time and in the right way. Yep. Yeah. That's virtue. Yep. That's why we all need it, and that's why we're going to talk about it. Yep. And how do we do it? How to virtue. So obviously there, there has to be some teaching here or else it's not going to make sense. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the types of virtue, because there are two types of virtue, really. And we've been kind of more touching on the human or moral virtues, and we're going to start with those. But there's also theological virtues. And I think it's important to note the two different types or else it can be a little bit confusing if you don't understand the difference between the two. Yep. So for each one, we're going to look at, well, what is it? And then how do we grow in it? So let's start with the human virtues. And the human virtues, this is the catechism, 1804. Human virtues are firm attitudes, stable dispositions, habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to reason and faith. Okay, so unless if you studied philosophy and theology, you're probably lost right now. So let's Mm. break that down a little bit. So first, the first part we already talked about, right? They're firm attitudes, stable dispositions, habitual perfections, all those things we were already talking about but of the intellect and will that govern our actions. So what are our intellect and our will? Very simply put, our intellect is our ability to reason. That's what makes us rational beings we can think. And then our will is the ability to choose. So we say we have free will, which means we have the freedom to choose. So our intellect reasons through something, and then our will has to consent to the decision that the intellect wants to make, and that's how we choose to do something, whether or not we're going to pick up the $20 bill and take it, or whether or not we're going to send out the email and say, Hey everybody, I found 20 bucks. So that's how that's how that works. And these two things combined and working together should order our passions or direct our passions. Now our passions are our desires, our physical and emotional desires, and they need to be governed by our intellect and will and they are governed by our intellect and will when we can freely practice virtue. That's when they are uh, directed properly. So we need virtue to be able to do this. Right. So one really quick example, little kid knows he's not supposed to have the cookie from the cookie jar, but he's hungry. He wants a snack. Those are his passions saying, you're hungry. You want food. You love cookies. But then in his mind, his intellect, it says, mom told me I can't have cookies. And then his will, he chooses, I'm not going to have the cookie. Right. Like, cause he's a good kid. Cause he's a good kid. Right. <laughs> he chooses the right thing. Like he doesn't allow his passions take over. He allows the his intellect, what he knows is right, and his will, his ability to choose to govern his passions and to not take the cookie. Yes. And it might just be because he doesn't want to get in trouble. True. That He might not just be like, 
innately good kid. Yeah. Which is probably, you know. It's still good. It's, it's still, still good. good. It's still good. He still has good motives uh, in a way. He wants to be obedient to his mom. That's good. Okay, so this is this is our definition of the human virtues. So these virtues can be acquired through our own human efforts. We can actually work to develop these virtues. And kind of the analogy that you hear a lot when you hear about virtue is this idea that the will or this ability to to grow in virtue, so to be able to choose the right thing, is like a muscle. So when you go and you work out, the first time you work out, maybe using the five-pound weights is really hard, and afterwards you're exhausted. But the more you work out, the more muscle you develop, the easier it is to move up to the 10-pound weights and the 15-pound weights, and eventually you build that muscle and it becomes easier to do the exercises, just like it becomes easier to do the right thing at the right time in the right way as you are developing virtue. So the more we practice, the easier it becomes. Does that make sense? It does. Good. And I think it helps to understand virtue. Like I think about sports even, like dribbling a basketball. Like at first when you're a kid and you're like trying to dribble a basketball through your legs, you're like this is so hard. And like you're thinking about every step. But like as you get good and you practice, like, you just do certain moves without thinking. Like you have the habit, right? That's virtue. Mm-hmm. That's where we want to get with virtue. Yes, your your intellect and your will are properly formed yep. to just do the right thing. So when your passions say steal the cookie, like it like it almost bypasses, like you don't even think about it. Yep. Like you you ignore your passions because you know it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. So we're starting to understand virtue more. We have a sense of what human virtues are. Let's dive into what the different kinds of virtues are, because that'll help us understand how we can begin to work on them. Yeah, these human virtues. The human moral virtues. virtues. Human moral, it's interchangeable, I think. So this is a little bit where we get into the science of virtue, because the whole there's a whole system behind virtues. And it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun once you get into it. And this is really just an introduction. We could go like way in depth in all these things, but just want to give you a taste if you want to dive into any of these areas. Mm-hmm. So the system is really uh, formed... Uh, through what we call the cardinal virtues. So there's four cardinal virtues, and these are like the head virtues. Like we have cardinals. That's right. And all virtues fall under these four virtues. That's where the system comes in. It's like a web or like tree branches. Like there's four branches, and they all like have different offshoots under each one. Do you think some really geeky person has ever made a poster of this? Because I want that to exist. Yeah, so maybe when I researched virtues just before... This there was like medieval posters of like trees, there were with branches and like sub virtues. Ah, so cool! Wow, can we yep. hang You're up? officially a geek. <laughs> oh my gosh, sub virtues. Order, ah, no, so I like cool. order. You it do makes me happy. You can put it in your office and smile. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are these cardinal virtues? You've probably heard of these before, but it's helpful to know these are the four main ones. So first one is prudence, second one is justice, third is fortitude. Third is fortitude, and the fourth is temperance. So let's run through those really quickly. First one's prudence. So prudence is the practical reason to discern what is actually good uh, and, and to choose the right way to, uh, to achieve it. So it's really a little bit, actually what you're saying before is like choosing the right thing and doing it in the right way. Mm-hmm. And the intellect needs prudence. Yeah. Like those two are connected. Like if you want to have a well-formed intellect, you need to have the virtue of prudence Yep. to know what is right. Yeah. I think people even say prudence is the chief virtue because it helps you know the right thing to do. Yeah. The charioteer, I think. Is yeah. Because if you don't official. know what's right, the right thing to do, like it's going to be hard to select. It's going to be hard to behave well. Right. 
yeah, if you don't know it's wrong, you can't really be culpable for it. And, yeah. But then you're not happy, but you don't understand why. Yeah. So prudence would help you, like, if you're in a difficult situation, you would think through, like, all right, this person, this person's wronged me. Like, what do I do in this situation? Do I not talk to them about it? Do I confront them? How do I confront them? What do I say? Like, it's going to help you think through what would be the best thing. Okay, if I don't confront them, then they won't know their fault. Well, that's not charitable. I actually need to tell them. All right, now, how do I bring that up? Well, if I bring it up in this way, that could be really, like, uncharitable to say in that way. Like, that that might catch them off guard. Okay, so how do I actually say it in a way that helps them understand what they did wrong, but do so in a way that still respects who they are? That Prudence would help us think through that process for what we need to say and how. That's a long example, but that's prudence. Second one is justice. Justice is pretty straightforward. It's giving someone else and God what they are due. So you think about justice like in a court sense, someone's done a crime. The just thing is to give them the punishment that they deserve. In the reverse, um, each person, out of respect for that person or for our Lord, they should be given what they deserve in a positive way. That's justice. And I think our world has justice backwards. We often think of it as like what the world owes me. Mm, yeah. Or like God owes this to me because he created me or something. I don't know. Yeah. But justice is actually what we owe others. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I don't think most people walk around each day thinking, what do I owe other people? Yeah. No. It's like, what do I deserve? <laughs> right. You know. we're entitled. Yeah. Totally. Very entitled. Not virtuous. Okay. Third one is fortitude. Fortitude is the firmness and difficulties and like a constancy to to pursue the good. So it's really that courage and that um, like perseverance to actually overcome difficulties and um, yeah, be able to do the good. That's fortitude is huge. And the last one's temperance. Temperance moderates the attractions of pleasures of the senses and provides a balance in the way we uh, use good. So, you know, if we're, if we're drinking, then, uh, you know, we need to drink the right amount, not too much. Things like that. <laughs> right. <Temperance. laughs> I like how temperance is or the first eat- thing we think of is always alcohol. Yeah, for eating, like, we don't want to be gluttons. We don't want to eat too much. Yeah, so, like, temperance is, like, moderation. The ability to, like, be moderate, properly moderate. Yeah. With your consumption of whatever it is, food, drink, uh, social media, um... Those are all the examples I can think of right now. Great. <laughs> There's more. Okay. Uh, so real quick, again, we're just giving you a taste here, but you know, how would this work as a system? So for instance, justice, we mentioned was one of the cardinal virtues. Some of the fir- sub-virtues under that would be, for instance, piety. Piety is what God is, is due, like in our worship of him. Or obedience, you know, you could apply that to like, what do I owe my parents? Or friendship is a sub-virtue of justice, like what do I owe my friends, you know? So all these virtues that I just mentioned are sub-virtues under uh, justice. And that's where the big chart comes in. That's right. And there's more to the chart, which we'll get to in a little bit. But first we should do our Catholic hack. That's right. Our season five, our first season five Catholic hack. So this is actually an addition to a hack that we gave in season two. So I have been sharing hacks on Instagram lately in my stories and uh, y'all love them because I get a ton of questions and additional follow-up whenever I give hacks. People want to know more. So this particular hack 
a one of my followers on Instagram replied to me with an idea. So I'm totally confusing everybody right now. Here's what happened. So I shared the hack of putting a card in your wallet that says, I'm a Catholic in a case of an emergency, call a priest. That way, if you are in a car accident or you have a heart attack or something, when people try to identify you, they'll see that and then you can have a priest there to pray for you and give you last rites if need be, which I think all of us would want if we were about to go to heaven. So, God willing, go to heaven. So... I put this up on Instagram and somebody replied back and said, oh, I have that kind of a note on my phone in the emergency section, to which I said, time out. What are you talking about? How did you do that? And here's the thing. On iPhones, at least, they have a health app. It's the little white icon with a heart on it. Mm -hmm. If you click on that, you can fill out your emergency information. And there's a whole section there just for additional info. And they said, I put in the additional info. I'm a Catholic in case of an emergency, please call a priest. So if if you were to be in a car accident, it used to be you would go to your wallet, like the person's wallet to try to identify them. But now we really grab phones because Mm -hmm. everything is in your phone. And Sometimes people don't even have their wallet on them. I guess maybe they have their driver's license, but not a whole lot more, you know? And so what you can do is if you were to find someone unconscious, <laughs> you pick up their phone, There's you can hit the emergency button, which isn't just to call 911, but on the bottom left corner, there's a red um, font that says medical ID. And if you tap medical ID, you can input there for someone to see your emergency contact that you want them to call. You can tell them your blood type. You can tell them any medications or any allergies. And then in the comment section, that's where I put, I'm a Catholic in case of an emergency, call a priest. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So one day, if I need it, I'm covered. Nice. A priest will show up because people will be checking my phone. So that is the hack. If you got yourself a card, that's fantastic. Now put it in your phone. And if you have an Android and you don't have that health app, people have told me what they did is they put on their screen lock, like they like just created a background that says, I'm a Catholic in an emergency call priest. So if someone picked up their Android phone and just tried to open it, that's what they would see. Hmm. So you're covered. Very interesting. There's our hack. All right. That's awesome. Well, we're going to keep going on virtues here, our episode on how to virtue. We've been talking about what virtues are, what type of virtues they are, and we're now getting into how to actually get better at virtues. All right, I get virtue. This sounds a little bit interesting. How do I get better at them? And, you know, really, if something's uh, habitual, something's a habit, usually the best way you get better at habits is by practice. So um, a lot of times we don't need to do anything, you know, crazy or grand, but we need to need to start with the small things, and through the small things, and really paying attention to those small things, our virtue can grow over time. And so, a really great uh, biblical example to this is the story of the life of David. Right, David was a shepherd boy, and as a shepherd boy, he learned uh, to really defend his flock, to defend his sheep. And it talks about in scripture how he would defend it from all sorts of different attackers who try to come and, and, and kill the sheep. No, these weren't people. What were the attackers? Animals. Animals, yes. Yeah. I was picturing like a band of robbers. Maybe maybe the, that also was the case. And so <laughs> he would defend them. How? Through his slingshot, right? And he'd get good at killing these attackers with his slingshot. So when he gets to Goliath and he has to kill Goliath, 
it's not hard for him to do that. He's been practicing his whole life. And in the small things, he was faithful. So when he gets to this big stage, he's faithful as well. And I think that's the same thing for virtue is concentrating on those those small things and really allowing that virtue to grow. I think also it's really important to just go after a virtue. Maybe even once a month you just say, hey, this month I'm going to work on X virtue. Like I'm going to not gossip this month and I'm really going to concentrate on that. Or I'm going to pray this month. Or I'm going to be really grateful each day. I've seen this on Twitter where people like have a gratitude tweet each day, you know? And I think when you have that, it's a little like mini lint um, in, in really concentrating on something. It becomes a habitual over time and you can actually gain that virtue. And uh, typically, you know, 30, 45 days is when you can gain a new habit or new virtue. And so really trying to find that period of time and going after that, I think can make a huge difference in your growth of virtue. Yeah, so let's go through some some practical how do you grow, and let's look at these cardinal virtues in mm. particular. So prudence, how could you grow in prudence? You could grow in prudence by making sure that when you are making decisions that you do some research, and you don't just be rash and just jump into decisions, but be humble and ask for advice and assume that you don't know everything about mm. whatever it is that you're making a decision on. Some boy to grow in prudence. For justice, that's our virtue that gives people their right due. This is a great way to be practiced by just treating people with respect in the little ways. So when you're driving, be kind. Don't be that jerk to your waiter and act as if like you're better than them because they're serving you. Or if you see someone with their arms full, like open the door for them or give your seat to an elderly person. All these simple things that really help enforce that yeah, I am called in this world to give others what they are due. And it's, I mean, basically it comes down to like, don't be a jerk. Like, mm-hmm. just be a decent human being. But what did you write on the sheet of paper? I said, don't be an entitled <laughs> cotton-headed ninny muggins. Sorry, I couldn't, you can't write that out and then not say it. I had to, it so was, one thing actually you said on this that I think's really stuck with me is when you get in a situation where, you could let someone else go first, allow that other person to go first. So if you're in a parking mm-hmm. lot and it's like two cars at the same thing, it's like, oh, why don't you go ahead? If you're at a grocery store and you come to a line, it's like, why? And like, that's so countercultural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just giving other people, it's like, I want you to go first, you know? And just like, those are the small ways to build virtue, I think are great. Mm-hmm. And just because of the virtue of the fact that they are a human with worth and value and dignity. Like, yeah. that's why we owe that justice to them. Totally. Okay, so fortitude, which is kind of courage, is how I always equate that, fortitude. I think a great way to practice this is just to do things that scare you. Hmm. So instead of cowering over that conversation, you have it. Or you make yourself go on that roller coaster that you really don't want to go on. It seems like a simple thing, but it really does equate to building up your courage, your ability to... to Take on another example would be taking on really hard tasks that take a lot of patience and time. So training for a race, things like that help build your fortitude. Um, taking that trip to a foreign country that maybe that kind of scares you. Well, make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you grow in fortitude. So facing those fears in controlled little ways. So when you're forced to have fortitude, it's a lot more natural. Yep. And then lastly, temperance, ways to practice temperance. This is the easiest one. It's just practicing self-control. It's learning to say no to yourself once in a while, which is what we just did for Lent. 
but you know, it's skipping dessert. It's not hitting the snooze. It's not going barefoot. No, not going bare- going barefoot, which is my nightmare. It is pretty much like mm-hmm. if I had to be if I had been called to be a discalist nun, I would have like that, that would have been people who go without shoes. Yeah, that would have been the end of me. Like probably I, wouldn't, probably wouldn't, wouldn't you be called to? No, I like wear slippers all the time, even in the heat of summer. I have yep. on slippers. Yep. I just don't, I don't know. I don't like not having things on my feet. It's weird. <laughs> okay, so finally of notes, to kind of round out our tree here, we cannot get into all of this, but <laughs> it needs to be a good-looking tree. For each of these virtues, there's an opposite of them, which is the vice. And there's also like a mean to each of the virtues too, like a, a middle. Well, the idea is that there's two vices, and in the middle of those two vices, the vices are the extremes, and the middle of those two extremes is the virtue. Okay, there That's you like go. the mean. Okay, there we go. See, this is it sounds mathematic right now. Mm. Is there a mode also? Okay, no, no I don't okay. think so. An average? No. Okay, so, so the opposite of the virtue would be the vice, which is kind of like the bad habit, right? So every virtue has this counterpart vice. So the opposite of temperance would be gluttony. And then the other opposite of temperance mm-hmm. would be like um, being really stingy with yourself, like uh, like with alcohol, mm-hmm. right? Drunkenness would be bad. Mm-hmm. Temperance would be good. But the other side of temperance would be like, I never drink alcohol. <laughs> well, that's a funny example because for some people... I mean, if you're 21, like, but if you're like, I don't believe you should drink alcohol. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Like if you like thought it was evil, like alcohol was evil. But for some people, like if they have an alcohol problem, like they should never drink. Sure. Let's go back to food. <laughs> like temperance is the virtue. Mm-hmm. Eating too much, which is the vice of excess, would be gluttony. Uh-huh. But like never having a dessert because you just think, oh, sweets are like, I don't want to have sweets because it's bad to have sweets. That would be the vice of uh, like insufficiency. I was thinking more like, I will only eat bread and drink water. Because yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So it's that just, be, there's yeah, two opposites. The I guess I, what I'm pointing out is there's two mm-hmm. opposite vices end. and extremes on each end. Okay. So like humility, the opposite would be pride, whereas then the other opposite would be like thinking you're the scum of the earth. I was thinking scum too. Scum? That's great. Yeah. Aww. That's exactly my word. Yep. Yes. So there you go. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. You yeah. can study all this and really look into it if this makes you excited. Because like courage on one extreme is you know, rash. Being like, yeah. The rash boldness, right? Being mm-hmm. like, you're like, I'm just going to dive into everything, mm-hmm. which isn't always prudent. Without looking. Yeah. Or the opposite would be like, you're scared. You and coward. so sometimes you need to realize like, where am I at on this? Is mm-hmm. it because I'm scared? Or like some people it's like, oh no, I'm really courageous. It's like, no, you do stupid stuff all the time. Like that's not courage. That's rash boldness. Like mm-hmm. you need to think and then, because courage is actually going after the good, not just courage to be courageous. Mm-hmm. That's rash boldness. It's like, without even thinking what's good or bad, you're just like, I'm going to jump off this wall. Oh, I broke my leg. Like, that wasn't courage. That was stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's finding where you're at in that and finding the virtue in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. There you go. No, it's kind of fun. See, this is what I get excited about because it's charts and graphs and that makes me happy. Okay, I think it's time we talk about the theological virtues. We are. We're going to go a little bit quicker than we did with the cardinal virtues, the human virtues. Mm-hmm. 
So theological virtues are virtues related to God. And these are faith, hope, and love. This is like very first Corinthians, right? Like faith, hope, and love. Like The, one, the greatest of these is love. Yes, because it, it remains, right? And so these are oriented towards God. Uh, the, the thing about these is that these virtues are actually infused within us through our baptism. See, they work very, very differently than the human virtues. Human virtues are things we get better at over time. Theological virtues are spiritual things that are inside of us that are given to us by God. There's straight up grace. Yeah. Like we can't just like, oh, um, they, yeah, they just don't work, work in the same way. Maybe you can explain more on how we can grow. Yes. It would, well, first, can we talk a little about what each of them mean? Like, what does it mean to have faith, yeah, hope, and that. love? Yeah. Okay. So faith uh, is our belief in God and what he's revealed to us uh, through through the church. So, um, yeah, I think faith comes naturally to a lot of people understanding, like, it's that trust, it's that belief. Hope, um, it's really um, a steadfast trust awaiting from God for eternal life. So hope, a lot of times, it's like, oh, I hope things are going to go well, like, that's not what the theological virtue of hope is. Hope is a trust that there's something that God's going to give us in the future that's eternal life. Mm-hmm. And it's so like a like, hope in heaven. Yeah, you're not like, I hope I go to heaven. Like, I hope there is a heaven. Like, that's not hope. Hope is like, I believe there's a heaven and it's going to come about. And that's what gets me through this life. Yeah. When things are really hard. That's ultimately what like hope, yeah, taking hope in something is like, Hope that, like, this is not what I was made for. I was made for heaven. Yeah. And that's coming. Yeah. Not like, I hope I luck out here and it all turns mm-hmm. out right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then charity is how we love God above all things and our neighbor. Um, yeah. It's it's love in a selfless sense. Yes. Okay, so how do we grow in the theological virtues? This is a trick question. It is a trick question. You can't. You cannot. Unlike the human moral virtues where you can build up that muscle and just like muster the ability to get better at it with, with the theological virtues, it's just straight up a gift of the Holy spirit. Like it's the result of the Holy spirit working in your life and you cannot attain them by human means. However, 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 so here's an analogy. If you want to get hit by a truck, what do you do? Well, I've never you. really wanted to get hit by a truck. Just humor me. You run into traffic. Yeah, you'd run into the highway and like try to get hit by the truck, right? Now, it doesn't mean that you will get hit, but at least you made an effort that puts you in a disposition to get hit. Right, because you could run the road, but then there's no trucks coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're smart, you're going to wait until like a truck's coming. No, no. At least, the, that, but that's the analogy with theological virtues. They swerve. Like, yeah. All right. So like we could do things that dispose us to faith, hope, and love, but God God can God, the metaphorical truck, could not hit us. <laughs> yeah. He could be like, sorry, not too bad. Too bad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But the point is is <laughs> we can put ourselves in a like we can dispose ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're smart, <laughs> you'll time it right. That totally broke the analogy. <laughs> you such a pragmatist. No. You're like you can't earn this, but let me let me calculate how I would run into traffic. <laughs> but oh yeah, oh yeah. The you know the truck has to hit me, but believe me, I'm gonna make sure it does. But the that's truck so you. This says so much about your personality. I love it. 
God, it does not ruin the analogy because the truck- share gets swerved, but you'd be like, but I won't give him any time. I'll just jump out right. He won't be able to swerve. I do my best to grow. Okay. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, right? So if you if you jump into traffic at the right time and in the right way, <laughs> then you're making it easier to dispose yourself to the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, it's totally up to the Holy Spirit whether or not he's going to spiritually hit you. But... At least you've made an effort. So here's how you make an effort, okay? Thanks for sticking with us, folks, here. Here's how you make an effort. So faith, right? If we want to grow in faith, obviously it's still going to be the Holy Spirit that's going to enlighten us to the truth of God. But you can study the faith. You can read great books, look at the lives of the saints, listen to really great podcasts. All these things can help dispose you to learning more about your faith and growing in the virtue of faith. When it comes to hope, if you want to grow in hope, then you need to spend time pondering heaven and thinking mm. about when it, when things are really tough, remembering, well, I wasn't made for this world. Like This was never God's plan, was for me to be separated from him like this in this world. He always wanted to be united, but original sin caused a mess of it, right? So those are the things we need to ponder, asking God for the grace to grow in hope. And then finally, charity, if we want to love God more, well, we need to get to know him more. So we need to be praying daily and having a conversation with him. And if we want to love our neighbors more, we need to be praying for our neighbors and acting in ways that allow us to see Christ in them and to serve them as Christ. Now, of course, you can't earn this. You can't work really hard to get it, but you can dispose yourself to it and be docile and open to the Holy Spirit working in your life. Totally. There you go. And get hit by trucks. Good. So we're going to close this episode how we close every episode, which is a how-to challenge. Per tradition. Per use. So virtues. We talked about how to grow in them, especially on the human virtue side, is really finding those small ways to do that. So pick something that you want to grow with the moral virtue. Even if you just say, today, I'm going to be grateful. And I'm going to have a, you know, I'm going to set a timer on my alarm every three hours and just stop and be like, what am I grateful for the last three hours? Maybe you do that for a day. Maybe you do it for a week. Maybe you find ways to be grateful for a whole month, whatever it might be. But um, pick one way to grow in the moral virtues, the human virtues. And then secondly, find one way to dispose yourself to theological virtues. Remember, you can't will yourself to get better at them. Uh, even even with human virtues, we're relying on God's grace to get better at them. I wanted to add that. It's, yeah, ultimately, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you you try to get better at, it, but our Lord is is giving you the grace to do that. But with theological virtues, you're disposing yourself. So find what's one way I can dispose myself. Put myself out in traffic to get hit by a Holy Spirit truck. Faith, hope, or love. Pick one. Do it today. Don't wait. That's our show. That's yeah. that's the start of season one. We are off. And by and season one, you meant season five. Episode one is yep. what I meant. Um, Great finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late, apparently. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Carter or Lisa Ann Carter. That's Ann with no E. As always, if you enjoyed this show, please rate it on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, tell a friend. All these things help get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next week, be saints.
it's worth it. 